0: big as the sea.
1: good morning as we're gathering in. Oh, let's gather in. You mean I should try again? Uh, We're having some uh, echoes. want to welcome everyone here today to our Christmas Eve celebration and a lot of special things going to happen today. The reason my mic is sounding this way is is last night my granddaughter used my mic and did a great job and uh, all the whole team if you missed it you need to go on you need to go online and watch it And I'm gonna keep talking until we get it right because I'm gonna use this mic later for something. We do wanna welcome everyone, those that are watching on the live stream. And uh, I'll just keep talking until it resolves itself. That's a statement of faith. I need more faith. We'd like to give you a report I just was handed this this morning. Uh, The Trinity Outreach Ministry under Pastor Bill and so many volunteers has been impacting the homeless and those in need at this time of year. And uh, Trinity Outreach went out to the homeless camp Saturday afternoon and handed out food, blankets, tents, socks, gloves, and hats and lots and lots of prayer. Over 211 blankets were donated, 20 tents, 20 sleeping bags and variety of clothing. They're doing a fantastic job. Let's have a round of applause and praise for that which is being accomplished. So praise God. Now, the man of the hour, uh, he was a villain last night, but he's not a villain anymore. He's going to come and greet you and share some announcements.
2: Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us for our candlelight service today. Um, If we have any guests with us today, Grandpa. Grandpa. Uh, if we have any guests, you raise up your hand for us so he can identify you and he's going to give you a connection card just so that we can keep in touch with you and you know what's going on here at Trinity and we want to welcome all of our guests here today. Um, it is the holiday season so we understand everybody's going to be traveling or you're going to be with family. And um, we want you to enjoy all that time together with your families. So this Wednesday, we will not be having services um, due to the holidays, but make sure if you're able and you want to come out for New Year's Eve, which is next Sunday, we're going to be having a New Year's Eve party here at the church. So we invite you guys to come out and join us for that. I'm a little parched. Um, I want to thank everybody again um, just for coming out and supporting the kids last night. It was a lot of hard work, a few months of, you know, grit um, showed by the kids, and they put on an amazing performance last night. Um, So can we give it up for them one more time? And then to kind of piggyback on something that Pastor was saying about um, Pastor Bill's outreach, um, I work at a place called the Peer Center, and um, it's a... It's so like a recovery center for people with alcohol, trauma addiction, stuff like that to kind of come in and have somewhere safe to be and still continuously helping that recovery. Um, and so a lot of the people that Bill reaches out to in his ministry, um, I, have a, I have the privilege to interact with daily and kind of see all that stuff, and um, I just you're doing a great job, Pastor Bill and your ministry is so vital and so important and keep it up um can the ushers come forward please pastor is that right um oh, i was lying that's later i'm sorry yeah but be ready don't come you can sit down you can sit down you're already up here if we can stand for worship please
1: And offerings to the Lord. We can never outgive the gift that was given to us that we celebrate this time of year. God so loved the world, each one of us, each one that would ever be a part of this planet, that He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish. But have everlasting life this was the gift that was given to earth he lived a sinless life he died a sacrifice for the sins of each of us he rose again ascended to heaven and he's coming back and we give to tell the story to everyone on the planet both here and through our missionaries abroad the gift of Jesus is worth everything to us we give an expression of our love for that great gift heavenly father we pray right now for you to touch this offering as we we give freely to you for the works of ministry of the local church and the missionaries around the world to tell others about the greatest gift that was ever given, Jesus, to be our Savior and our Lord. Take each gift, multiply it for its intended use, and bless the giver with your presence and power and glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I'm actually going to
3: say a few words before... I play for you, if that's okay. Uh, I'm going to be playing a uh, one of the oldest Christmas carols we still have today. It's called Coventry Carol. It was first sung in the 1500s, I guess, in a city called Coventry in England. And in this city, they had this giant church, the Coventry Cathedral, uh, where they would perform a Christmas play each year. And it's cool to see that even at Trinity Word, still carrying on this tradition of telling stories of Christ's birth through song and musical. Um and so since this, uh, since I'm just playing an instrumental, I wanted to read you some of the lyrics of this song. Um, so this is a song about, uh, it's really a lullaby for the children of Bethlehem uh, during the reign of King Herod. And I think it's interesting to note that uh, often the emotions and virtues that get conveyed and uh, talked about in church during Christmas time are joy and peace, but many aspects of the Christmas story are not joyful and in fact deserve mourning, like the massacre of the innocents, like the refusal at the end. And I think it's worth contemplating those aspects of the story uh, so that we can really understand why we needed a savior in the first place in this broken world that we live in. Um, so the lyrics go, Loli, Lola, thou little tiny child, bye-bye, Loli, Lola. Oh, sisters too, how may we do for to preserve this day? This poor youngling, for whom we do sing, Bye bye Loli Lole. Herod the king, in his raging, charge it hath he this day, his men of might in his own sight, all young children to slay, that woe is me, poor child for thee, and every morn and day, for thy parting, neither say nor sing, Bye bye loli lole. And just one more thing that I'll point out before I start playing. Um, This song wasn't really known by many people around the world until around 1940. So about a month before Christmas, this was during World War II, uh, there was the German invasion of England, and they bombed the city of Coventry. And at the time, this was one of the worst bombings of the war, and it completely flattened the city. Most of the buildings were destroyed. They even destroyed the water lines so that the firefighters didn't have anything to put out the fires. And by good fortune in Providence, most of the townspeople were actually okay. The the previous evening, they had all trekked out of the city to spend the night with relatives or in nearby villages. Uh, But when they came back the next morning after the bombing, uh, they just saw a city in complete ruin, full of rubble. But rising above all of this rubble was a single building, a steeple. The church had still stood firm and it's just amazing to hear this testament of the fact that God still stands strong and uh, a month later when Christmas time came then the BBC had this broadcast of the entire world to tell the story of Christ's birth and at the end of the broadcast this is the song that they sang in the hauled out uh, ashy remains of the church which was still standing as a testament to the fact that Uh, God rises above all of the brokenness of the world, and he is the one thing that can bring true peace. Please stand again for worship.
0: Easy vital battle. To hold a your To hold But go,
1: Such a crowd. Well, I take that back. I really have seen such a crowd, but but not like this. <laughs> I didn't know you were coming. We would have made preparation. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Emil. I am the owner and proprietor and operator of the finest inn in Bethlehem. <laughs> we're the only inn in Bethlehem, but hey, who's talking? <laughs> I, 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 come on I don't know where Sarah is Sarah! She's my wife uh, this inn has been in my family for years and years and years and years it was my father's, my father's father and his father's and all the way down the line <laughs> it, it well it's a worry <laughs> you see uh uh You know, it's just my wife and I that do this whole thing and she does all the cooking and she does all the cleaning and she does the laundry and she cares for the animals in the stable and I do everything else. (laughs) It's probably changed in these many centuries, but uh, that's the way it was. (laughs) Uh, I I I don't know where she could be. Uh, uh, the last time we had a crowd like this at the inn, <laughs> I don't like to think about it. It was a terrible night. Well, it was a good night. But it was a bad night. You know, you know, you know. Some of those nights that you don't know if it's good, it's bad. Uh, uh, I, I don't like to tell the story. I don't like to, uh, I, you know I'm a kind person. I'm, 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 I'm a kind person. I I do good things, but uh, let me ask a question. In a group this size, are there any preachers of the gospel? Any preachers? (laughs) I see some hands. You're the ones I want to talk to for just a moment. For years you've been giving, you. I understand you used to teach a Sunday school class. <laughs> uh, you're one too. Uh, for years and years and years and years at this Christmas time, I have been getting a bad rap from all the preachers the preachers and the Sunday school teachers and everyone else, they say, that mean old innkeeper. That nasty old innkeeper. and That that mean old guy. He didn't have room for Jesus. And they have made me out to be a criminal. (laughs) It's criminal that they lied to you. Yes, yes. That's the crime. All those preachers and teachers that told about the mean old innkeeper, (laughs) I am not even mentioned in the scripture. Nope. It just said there was no room in the inn. (laughs) And from that, they put it on me. I'm the bad guy. I'm the mean old Grinch. I'm the bad person who turned. Well, you heard the story. But I'm a nice guy, I really am, I'm a nice guy. Look at me, don't I look like a nice guy? I look like a, wake up! I said, don't I look like a nice guy? (laughs) Thank you for that affirmation. I, 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 I hesitate to tell the story again that happened so many years ago and yet because I get a little bit excited. You can't tell that from my demeanor? But sometimes uh, things just get under my skin. (laughs) It's like I have one nerve left and somebody's stomping all over it. Uh, There's just, uh, you know, I get along with everybody. Most people, you'll be my friend, won't you? (laughs) You, I'm a generally nice person, but there are a few groups of people I just don't care for. (laughs) Uh, Preachers are one. I don't like them. Uh, They've given me a bad reputation, and I'm not even mentioned in the Bible story. (laughs) Uh, There's some other people I'm not too crazy about, too. (laughs) Probably none of them are here today. as I tell my story, I may come up with a few others that I'm not crazy about either. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, should I tell you the story of that night, or not, uh, I know I, I, you're there, with, yes, I'm going to. Oh. But I'm going to tell it the way it really happened. I'm going to, t- I'm really not the villain, I'm the hero. <laughs> Well, not the whole hero, but I'm. Uh, yeah, I've got a good part. <laughs> <coughs> but before we start the story, I need to do another survey. Uh, is there anyone here of Italian descent? Anybody? Yeah. I uh, you? About it. You, you are. Italian descent? Well, come sure, up here, yeah. young man. I'm
0: Italian, yeah.
1: You're Italian. What is your name? What is your last name?
3: Uh, the family name is McMacken.
1: No.
3: It- Italian, Italian, yeah.
1: Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know a little bit about last names. <laughs> and uh, that, uh, that does not ring to be Italian. Sure, I, it is. Uh,
3: how did you come by that name? Well, we emigrated from the old country and then started getting along with some folks from Ireland, and then the family name changed from there. We took on the name of the country we were living in. It was Scotland. I Scotland. Think. I mean... <laughs> but we're I'm, I'm, I'm you Italian, know, not
0: Scottish. You, you
1: <laughs> well, if, if if your name is now Mick McMacken, Macken, yes. Mick, McMacken, yeah. That doesn't sound very Irish. I mean, very Italian. Uh, uh, it doesn't sound Irish either. But yeah. <laughs> that's it. You know, you get your geography straight. But you know, uh, uh, what was the family name back in the old country in, 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 in Italy?
3: Macaroni.
1: Oh. <laughs> what a cheesy name. What a cheesy name. Don't go back there. I, how can I hit you? <laughs> you see, I, 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 I don't like people of those Romans. People of the Italian descent, those Romans, they were the worst nightmare of all. Even worse than preachers <laughs> and Sunday school teachers. They, they, they were just bad. You see, the Romans, they thought everything belongs to us, (laughs) we'll just take it. You know, if they had a free weekend, they'd go out and conquer a country. (laughs) And and Israel, we'd been conquered by the best of them. (laughs) Uh, Egypt conquered us, and and Greece conquered us, and Persia, and Babylon, and the Assyrians, and, and the Philistines, everybody. But the Romans were the worst. They conquered us, and we stayed conquered. <laughs> yeah, they they uh, they came in with all their rules and all their all of their ideas, and our story starts with their Caesar Augustus, this Roman guy, this guy, this Roman dude, this Roman guy. Yeah. Macaroni, huh? <laughs> uh, he, he came up with an idea.
0: <laughs>
1: he, I don't know how he came up with the idea, but this Caesar Augustus, this Roman, he I think he had some bad pizza or something at night and he woke up with this idea. I've got this great idea for the Jews. Everybody has great ideas for us Jews. (laughs) A lot of them don't even want us to exist, but that's another story for another time. He said, you know what we'll do with those Jews? We will do a taxation, and we will force everybody to go back to the home they were living in, the place they were from. (laughs) You say... Emil, you don't know what you're talking about. It was not the taxation, it was a census. (laughs) Those Romans. (laughs) Those Romans. You know, macaroni, what a census is? They, they, They count the people. You know why they count the people? So they can
0: tax them!
1: You know, it's probably changed a lot from my day to yours. Uh, You probably don't have things like taxes anymore, do you? (laughs) Romans. Romans. (laughs) Well, Caesar Augustus came up with this idea. Everybody in, in Israel is going to have to go back to the town they were born in. How many of you were born here? Illustration. In a church, you were born in a church. What? It must have been difficult on your mother. Uh, no, uh, it, 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 let's say you were born here, and, and you moved to uh, what's another state? That's a long way away. California. California. That's way out there. <laughs> or so I've heard. Uh, uh, but let's say you move to this California, uh, and you're there, and Caesar Augustus wakes up with his nightmare of a dream, and he says, we're going to have every person that was born in a church in Columbus, Ohio, and we're going to make them go all the way back home to be registered for the census (laughs) so we can tax them. It was so stupid. You see, nobody stayed around in Bethlehem. It was not the greatest place in the world, but I call it home. (laughs) It's where my inn is at. And and, uh, so what happened was, at the beginning of my story, Caesar Augustus, that nasty Roman, had a census so he could tax people, and people are coming from all over who had been born in Bethlehem. (laughs) It was a very popular town at one time, but nobody stayed here. It was a small little town. You've heard the song Little Town of Bethlehem. Still is. Little town, little burg, little suburb. Uh, but everybody, they they had one thing they did a lot. It, never mind that. Uh, one thing they no, I better not say that either. Uh, uh, they had a lot of kids in Bethlehem.
0: <laughs>
1: they, 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 yeah. And, and but they moved. They they moved. <laughs> and that's the beginning of my story. The real story of how this all came to be. <laughs> it started with Macaroni and his crew, and, and they issued a census and a taxation, and so a lot of people are coming back to Bethlehem because of the census and the taxation. And there's only one in in all of Bethlehem, the finest inn of all mine. <laughs> And they were all coming to my place for supper. We don't have a lot of rooms. And people are coming in and coming in and coming in. And pretty soon, every room in the inn is taken. Now, what does a good innkeeper do? A good innkeeper goes out to the sign out front of his inn. And he writes in Hebrew, Lo, Ruhamach. No room. No Ruhamach. Lo Ruhamach. You got to clear your throat. Try it with me. Lo Ruhamach. You'll thank me later. There's no room. It's not a bad thing. I'm making money, but the Romans, they're going to tax me on it anyway. (laughs) My inn is full. It's not because I'm a mean old innkeeper. It's because, guess what? (laughs) Lo Ruhamach. No room. It's full. And our story starts there with macaroni and his crew and and, and all these people coming into to the very prolific Bethlehem <laughs> and only one in and it's mine Sarah is cooking and cleaning and laundering and doing everything and I'm doing everything else I, I it's a bother and, and and all of a sudden We're trying to feed the people. We're trying to clean the rooms. We're trying to do everything that we could do. And a knock comes on my door. And you've heard about the straw that broke the camel's back. I don't like camels either, but you know. That was the straw that broke Emil's will to live? (laughs) Can't they read Hebrew? It says right in plain letters Ro Ruhamach. Say it again Lo Ruhamach. There you go. There you go. Oh, there was some from him. Here you go. (laughs) But someone knocked on the door and i have just i have i uh, there's nothing left of emil's patience and so i go to the door and i say you know i'm going to give them a piece of my mind i don't have much left but i'm going to give it to them <laughs> so i go and i i open the door and i'm ready to yell at them and scream at them until i looked out and There's one of the kids that was raised in town, (laughs) Joseph. He was just, he's a good kid. I believe he was a carpenter. I heard that he and his family moved up north, Galilee, someplace like that, uh, up in the north country. I hadn't seen him in years. And yes, he's back home. And I'm thinking, well, why why doesn't Joseph just go stay with one of his family? He still has family in town. (laughs) I why did why is he coming to me? Why is he not going to and then I saw. <laughs> uh, back behind him was a young lady <laughs> and she was uh how do I put this? She was she she was in the family way.
0: <laughs>
1: she was very expectant <laughs> and I'd not heard about a wedding. <laughs> You, you know you hear about those things oh Joseph got married no he hadn't heard anything I would have gotten an invitation I'm sure and then I knew he couldn't go to his family this this uh, uh, I don't want to know what happened well I know what happened but I don't want to know the whole story <laughs> and I said I am so sorry uh, Joseph I see you you've got the problem, <laughs> but, but I cannot help you there. Lo Ru you can read that, can't you? Yes, good. You went to Hebrew school, you can read it. No, and I said, I'm sorry, there's no room, and I was ready to shut the door when my wife said, Evel! Now, how many of you know that when, when your, your significant other yells at you like that, you better pay attention. <laughs> you see, see, there's a, there's, you know, someone can call your name, oh, Emil. Now you're ready to answer that one. But when they go, Emil, you know, it, it, it changes everything. And I said, what, honey? <laughs> she said, you can't turn them away. Look at her condition. Yes, I saw her condition. <laughs> She said, what did you do? I said, no, not me. (laughs) Don't don't look at the (laughs) meal. He says, you cannot turn them away. There's a dry, warm spot in the stable behind the inn. Yes, we did. We have a small little stable where the people bring their livestock and we have cows and whatever. (laughs) I never thought of that. That's the reason she's in charge. (laughs) Well, actually, I'm in charge but she does everything. (laughs) I said, well, I suppose, uh, would that be a good? And Joseph said, yes, that would be great. She is just about ready to deliver. Oh, no, no, I don't know nothing about birth and no babies. (laughs) Remember that line, it'll come in handy sometime, (laughs) but but so I walked them around to the to the stable and and uh, uh, then Sarah comes out. Sarah is the local midwife she she carries the the burden of birthing the children in the community, and so she sees that this this young lady that is with Joseph that is not really married yet uh, is expecting ready to deliver and 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 so she comes out and and, and She says, Emil, yes, she still had that tone in her voice. (laughs) Emil, yes, dear. (laughs) Uh, uh, Go boil water. You take Joseph and go boil water. What is it with boiling water? What is is this? You know, I think it's just a ploy to get us out of the way. Yeah, Just, uh, you know, I can think of no other reason. But... She said it, she said it in that voice. And so I left. I took Joseph with me and we put some fire and we get the cauldron out and put water and then Joseph wants to talk. I don't want to talk to Joseph. I, 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 I find that if I know too much, it's way too much. How many of you have ever known too much? and you wish you didn't. <laughs> I don't want to know much. <laughs> and I've accomplished that in my life. I know almost next to nothing. <laughs> well, he, he says, Emil, let me tell you uh, what happened. I don't know, George. I don't want to. He says, I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> okay. So here we are, stoking the fire, boiling water. And he says, Emil, you're not going to believe this. And he was right, he was pretty well right on target there. (laughs) The next sentences that came out, I didn't believe a word of it. (laughs) But, you know, he wanted to talk. He said, I was engaged to be married to this young lady. Her name is Mary. It's a lovely name. (laughs) I don't want to know anything else. I think I know what else happened, but I don't know. Uh, He says, but while we were engaged, Mary came to me and told me that she'd had a visitation from an angel. Oh, an angel. (laughs) The story gets better and better. (laughs) An angel. (laughs) Oh, go ahead, Joseph. Oh, my. Uh, He says, and the angel said that she had found favor with God and that the Holy Spirit of God would come upon her and she would be the one who would bear the child that would be Messiah, the Savior of the world. I, I, I was going to say something, but he's obviously Completely lost his mind. <laughs> he's seeing angels. He's hearing stories, and, and so and so. Then Mary came to me, and Joseph said she came to me and told me about it, and I didn't believe it. I said, "Smart guy, <laughs> I don't believe it either. <laughs> you know, it's just not the sto- your average story." <laughs> and, and, and he says, "No, I didn't believe her, but I loved her so much, Emil." I loved her so much. I knew what our custom would be. Our custom was that if someone was found in this way that she was, expected with child but not fully committed in marriage, that I, as the one who was wronged here, would have to take her to the front of the gates of the city, the city of Nazareth. And I would have to proclaim that she had sinned. And it was my responsibility to cast the first stone. As everyone in the city would grab a stone and throw it at her until she was dead. It was the judgment of the people. I said, I... He didn't breathe. He just kept going, the story. He said, Emil, I couldn't do that. I loved her so much. Yes. And so I, I decided I was going to take her away privately and so she could deliver the child, but I would see her never again. My heart was broken. I love this girl. We've been pledged to be married. And then this occurs. I cannot understand it. I cannot believe what she tried to tell me happened. I just shook my head. I don't believe it either. He said, Emil, you won't believe the next part. Well, I haven't believed anything so far you've told me. (laughs) What's new about this? He said, as I slept that night, An angel of the Lord appeared to me. Angels again. They got angels everywhere in his story. I haven't ever seen one before, but he's had several just in the short story. (laughs) He says, an angel of the Lord appeared to me and said, Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary to be your wife because this holy child that she is bearing is the Son of God. Okay, that's a very nice story, Joseph. You believe whatever you want to believe. I'm boiling water. (laughs) Just about that time, Joseph continues his story. He won't shut up, he won't be quiet. He said, Emil, it's important that you understand. I says, no, it's not. (laughs) It's not really that important to me. (laughs) He says, you're here in Bethlehem. Why? Because you know why, because of the taxation. Those Romans, they made us to come here. But we learned that the prophecy was that Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. We all knew the stories from the Old Testament. We knew the stories uh, that the prophet had said it was Bethlehem that would be the birthplace of the Messiah, the king sent from heaven. He had combined all these stories with angels and visitations and supernatural things and miracles, and he was just delusional. Uh, Just at that time, in awe. the timing was excellent. I heard the cry of a newborn baby. At last, <laughs> it would stop this conversation. So we, we, we rushed back and there, there, was, there was Sarah and there was Mary, and Sarah was holding a newborn baby boy, wrapped him in the white linens of, of the swaddling clothes so that it could stay warm and safe. And said, look, Emil, it's a baby boy. <laughs> said, yes, uh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> you won't believe the story I just heard. <laughs> he says, here, here uh, uh, Mary, and she handed the baby to Mary. And Mary looks down, and, and uh, I was just trying to make conversation, what are you gonna name him? <laughs> I thought, maybe son of Joseph? (laughs) No. He says, the angel, angels again. The angel said to call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. She has the same story Joseph has. (laughs) And he says, here, Emil, I want you to hold... Hold the baby Jesus. I says no, thank you. <laughs> I don't do babies. <laughs> I don't know. I de- no, no, thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> and just about that time, it's not what you think, shepherd. I gotta let you know. I mentioned before. There's just a few things. I people I don't like. I don't like Romans. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't like preachers. <laughs> I don't like even Sunday school teachers. <laughs> I, I. I don't. I don't like those people. But above all, I don't like shepherds. Shepherds stink. I mean, they stay with the sheep. They live with the sheep. They. You, have you ever been around a sheep after a rainstorm? <laughs> and the shepherds smell like that
0: too. <laughs>
1: they, I have told them they are not allowed near my inn because if someone gets down the wind of a stinky shepherd, <laughs> they won't eat their meal, <laughs> they won't pay for a meal. So I'm just about ready to give another piece of my mind, which I only have a little bit left of, to these shepherds. And I said, don't you know you're nuts?" And they walked right by me. They didn't even look at me. They walked right by me, and they bowed before the manger where the little baby was laid, a feeding trough for animals. And they began to worship. Now shepherds are not... Eh, let's see. they see. Uh, innkeepers about here. Romans about here. Shepherds about here. <laughs> but they were worshiping. And I said, "Why, why are you? Why, why? Why are you? Why are you worshiping this baby?" And they said, "Emil, you won't believe what we just saw." Okay, what did you see? It's the night for it. (laughs) He says, while we were out in the fields of Bethlehem keeping watch over our flocks by night, all of a sudden, an angel of the Lord, oh, an angel again. (laughs) More angels. (laughs) Go ahead. I've heard these things before. He said, an angel of the Lord appeared and said, that unto you he brings good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you, even shepherds, is born this day in the city of David, that's Bethlehem, uh, a Savior who is Christ, Messiah the Lord. And this shall be a sign to you you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in. Amen. Could it be true? Could it be real? Could it be that all of these angels and all of these prophecies and all of these things are true? And I must tell you, my friends, something gripped my heart of this old innkeeper. Before I knew it, I was bowing by that manger myself. And then some thought hit my mind. I gave the place that was prophesied hundreds of years before that the angels spoke of. I had a small part in this good story. The angels, the shepherds, (laughs) God even used macaroni's kids. Prophets. All these things come together The story is true. I knew right then as I bowed before this tiny baby not to worship the baby, but to worship the spirit of God that was filling this baby. For he truly was and is the son of God. You see, I'm not such a bad guy. I have my quirks," <laughs> asked Sarah. "But even though I have trouble with Romans and shepherds and stinky sheep, and wait a minute, something just dawned on me. Uh, I don't like I don't like Romans. I I, I don't like shepherds, and I, I don't like preachers. But I." You know, I've heard that preachers are called shepherds of their flock. (laughs) I don't like them either. There's some pretty stinky shepherds out there. (laughs) You may have one. (laughs) But know this. This baby came to change everything. This baby came and there was no room in my inn. But I found a place for him. Your lives today may be filled to overflowing with stuff. But I ask you this day, with all the things of your life being full to overflowing, If you will find a place, Jesus will take it. You can open up your heart today and receive this Jesus. You say, well, I've got so many things going on, a lot of things. And If you just give him a little spot, (laughs) he'll take it and he will use it. And he will change your life, too. My story, you're not going to hear it from the pulpits of the churches. Because the shepherds of those places, well, you know. But know this. You can find room for Jesus in your heart today. You can find room for the Savior of your world. He wants to come and be your Savior today too. And I find that each time I retell the story again and again and again, the things that I don't like, I realize they were all a part of what I do like. Jesus, I found a place for Jesus. He was able to use Romans and shepherds and angels and later on even magi from the east. And he will use you too if you find him a place today. You say, but Emil, I already have a place for him in my heart he is my savior he is my lord make some more room because whatever place you give him he will fill it with his presence and you will be better for this would you be so kind as to stand with me now My story has come to an end, but actually, it's just the beginning. That tiny baby did not stay small, he grew and he was filled with the Holy Spirit of God. He went about and taught of God's word and God's vase. He he healed the sick. He even raised the dead. He cast out demons. He was God made flesh. Emmanuel, God right here with us. And he wants to be right here with you today. As a song is played, I invite you to leave where you stand and come to a place of prayer. The deacons, the pastors should already be coming to be ready to pray with you. If there's sickness in your body, this same Jesus is present if you give him room right now. He wants to fill. He said wherever two or three are gathered in his name, he's right there. How many of you could use a good touch from Jesus today? Well, my story's over. I found a place, and he filled it. Find more room for Jesus today than yesterday. And tomorrow, do the same thing. And you will find you are blessed beyond measure. Lead us in a song. This altar is open, this place of prayer, for you to come to be prayed for, to seek a closer walk with him. (laughs) Just watch your volets when you pass by the Romans.
3: we still have some-